Thanks for tuning in to the Charles Novell School of Music podcast, The Best Day Yet. Here you'll find tips, insight, and information to help your music and your ministry succeed. Whether you're a singer, a musician, or a songwriter, we want to help you where you are, but we also want to help you get to where you want to go. We believe that our talents are God's gift to us, but what we do with those are our gift back to God. Yesterday's information is important, but what we can learn today will make this the best day yet. Hey everybody, Rob Novell here with the Charles Novell School of Music. Welcome to episode two of the CNS The Best Day Yet podcast. So excited about this opportunity to come to you and share some things with you. Really excited about what's going to be happening over the next several weeks with our topics and um, potential guests that are going to be with us. So stay tuned for CNS, the best day yet podcast, uh, set your alerts so you can be notified when we do have new information out there. Okay. Today we are talking a subject and I purposely wanting to do this kind of upfront in this new venture with the podcast, because I really think this is vitally important and it's something Hmm. that we um, tend to uh, run from, we tend to hide from, we tend to escape from. And that is the big word practice. Hmm. You know what? I, I have found out in all the years that I've done this, both personally with my practice schedule and my music, um, to now wearing the educator hat and working with students um, on a weekly basis. I teach right at 40 students a week in uh, the Atlanta area. Well, there I teach here in Atlanta, but I also have virtual students. We have a thing through CNS called Creative Coaching. That's where you can study with our staff, be it voice, piano, guitar, songwriting, technology, um, sound systems. We offer everything and you can study one-on-one with a private instructor. So I do have some virtual students as well, but have around 35 students that I meet with on a weekly basis. And, you know, I'm not necessarily, I guess I'm good cop. I'm not necessarily the teacher that harps on their students about practice. I don't, I don't have practice logs that I make the student fill out and have mom in, initial. And then I give them a sticker to reward them at the end of that week. I, I'm just not that guy. What, what I want to do I really believe that 10 year, ten years old and older, if I'm working with a student that's 10 or older, I really think I can get them to understand the concept that the, what they get out of their music is what they put into their music. I don't think I really have to holler and scream about practice because I think I'm wanting them to figure that out, that you know the reason you can't play this this week is because you didn't practice it last week. So it's kind of simple and it's an approach that works for me. Now, I'm not saying that your uh, practice logs and stickers can't work if they do for you and you're a teacher and that works. You know what? Keep it up. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I'm just sharing from my experience. I try to take a different approach with that. But what we're going to do today, I'm going to talk. I want to give us 10 tips on music practice. I want to give give you some things and I probably will elaborate on some of the things uh, personally, how I approach 
my practice time, but there are 10 things that I want us to talk about today. And here's the thing. I don't want us looking at practice as, oh my gosh, I have to practice. Opposite of that. I get excited when I get the opportunity to practice. So I don't, the first thing in practice is we, we change our mindset on it. It's not, I have to practice. It's, I get to practice. You should be excited because the practice room, your practice sessions, that wood shedding right there, that's where you make the progress. That's where you start to get encouraged because you start to see that you're improving, be it on an entire song or a passage, or a, a technique, a skill, a trick vocally. Um, you know what? There's that section where, man, breathing just seems to just to, to be public enemy number one. As you work and as you work on that area, as you continue to move forward with that song, you're going to start to see the progress, and that becomes encouraging. If it's a scale passage on a piano, you're going to find that fingering that's going to work best for you, but only through trial and error, only through setting down and addressing it and working on it. So I want us to first thing, and this isn't on the list of 10, so we'll just say 11 today. Uh, see, we serve a God of abundance. I told you 10 and he's already turned it into 11. But no, the number one thing, change your mindset. It's not I have to practice. It's I get to practice. So with those um, students that I, I, I shared with you that I'm teaching on a weekly basis, don't get me wrong. I want to work with every one of my students every week. But if I have, um, if I'm teaching six hours straight and my 530 is, has texted me or called and said, hey, we can't make lessons tonight. You know what? I get excited about that because that gives me 30 minutes built in practice time when I could sit there and play on my phone. But no, I'm going to be productive and I'm going to practice. I Obviously, I have a piano in my teaching studio. I have my guitar with me because I teach guitar students. I teach uh, bass guitar students, and, and I teach piano students. So I've got multiple instruments in that room. It'd be a crying shame if I sit there and, and uh, I don't know, played golf on my phone or save the world from aliens with some alien attack. I mean, come on. That's the opportunity that I can dive in and make some progress with with my own music. So let's start with these 10 tips for music practice. Number one, set goals for your practice time. If you're not setting what you're trying to accomplish in that practice session, then you're just sitting down and playing. And one of the most uh, least effective things you can do is to go into your practice room and just sit down and start playing. That's not really practice. You're just sitting down and you're playing songs. Now, Playing through our songs, obviously, is something that we do within the practice. But you're currently playing something, singing something. Or let's gear this for a second on our songwriters. Um, you know, <laughs> contrary to, to popular debate, yes, you can practice your songwriting. You can practice how you approach a thought process or how you approach a, a rhythm scheme or a rhyme pattern. You, you, all that is practicable. So whether it's vocal, instrumental, or, or with songwriting, have a goal in mind. Have something when you go into that room that you realize you've got to work on. There's that passage that, you know what, every time I, I th there's been songs for me, every time I've, I've performed them out in a concert or in a church service, 
there are those spots in the song that as I get closer to that spot, my brain is saying, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes, you're going to miss it. And you know what? If I miss it, my mindset is this. Hopefully, I've got another verse coming around. If I mess up in verse one, you know what? I, verse two is coming. I get a chance to redeem myself. If I can't there, well, guess what? I got a second song coming after song one. So I try not to beat myself up with those with those uh, situations in a live performance. But it's your practice time that you really address those key situations. So you're going to have those spots, those those areas where, you know what, if, if you could just control your breathing a little better, you could get through that phrase Maybe in one, literally in one breath and you wouldn't have to cut the phrase. So those are those little things that you're writing down and you know when you go into your practice session, hey, this is uh, a goal. This is what I'm trying to get out of um, the, the, the practice session. The second thing, write these goals down. Um this is different than the practice log that, that I said, you know what, I don't necessarily do with, with, I don't want to see what my students, I talk with my students. Did you practice it? I don't have to ask them. They can play and, and, and they tell on themselves, but write down these goals that you're setting in number one, number two, write them down, keep notes. So as you accomplish those areas, you know what, you can take some things off of the list and, um, you'll, you'll start to, uh, feel good, the sense of accomplishment. You're starting to take some things off that list that you needed to work on, but you're also going to start uh, teaching yourself and showing yourself that, you know what, your practice is, is paying off. Man, my my dad, well, actually, I'm, I love music. I love God. I love my family and I love my music, kind of in that order. You throw Skyline Chili in there and I'm a happy, happy man. So that's kind of a list of priorities there. But I also love basketball and I love college basketball. Go Bearcats. Uh, so John Wooden, one of the, the most influential minds in college basketball. I read a quote years ago, heard my dad say it over and over. And I thought, you know what? My, my dad came up with that, but he didn't. In reality, you got to give credit where credit's due. He probably heard this from John Wooden, and, and the, the quote was this, practice makes perfect. And I get that. I totally, totally understand um, that we have to practice to, to perfect things, to play better. But I also believe this, that um, if practice leads to performance, then I believe that preparation leads to practice. So I think writing these things down, keeping a list of things that you're trying to do, this is you're preparing to practice before you even get to your practice session. So let's talk about that for a second. We'll, we'll, we'll rabbit trail for a second. Rob, I can't practice. I, I just can't find the time to get in front of my instrument or I can't find the time. Um, you know what? I live in an apartment and by the time I get home from work, uh, the walls are paper thin and I start vocally practicing and my neighbor starts pounding on the wall. You know, I, I get all that. Those are legitimate things. You're, you're not literally, um, a couple weeks ago, we started a new semester here at one of the church academies I teach at in Atlanta. And, um, on the first week I had a, a two sisters that I teach one piano, one guitar. 
and um, I hadn't seen them for a little bit. We, we, we had a few lessons at the beginning of the summer, and then with my schedule, music school in July and their their vacation schedule, we, we hadn't seen each other for a while, but I'm good to remember the assignments that I give my students. So I had sent a particular arrangement that I had written home. I emailed it home for mom to print out and for um, the young lady to work on over the second half of summer. And when she came in, she had her books with her, but I asked her if she had that song with her. And she, she literally told me, no, my dog ate it. And, you know, I'm like, okay, I've been teaching uh, 30 years. Um, never have I got the dog ate my homework story. So this girl's funny. She, she is, and I thought she was, and she's like, no, seriously, my dog ate it. So I opened the door and right outside in the hallway, mom and sister were waiting there and I'm just dying laughing. She's like, okay, what has she told you now? And I said, well, she told me that she didn't have the one piece of music because her, the dog ate her homework. And mom said, you know what? True story. Our dog is eating paper. I've lost bills. I've lost different things. And yes, the dog ate her song. So, um, uh, I told her that apparently her dog had more of it inside of, of it than she did in her. So I sent another copy and she worked on it. But listen, I understand excuses and, and legitimate excuses, but you can practice when you're not even at your instrument. And that's this idea of preparation leads to practice. So be thinking through things, write things down, uh, make a list of um Make a list of uh, what you want to accomplish in your practice sessions. The Number three, um, break your practice time into smaller increments or smaller sessions. My dad taught this to me, and he taught it to me as interval practice, meaning I do when I am talking to a student, I'm like, look, you know, a half an hour a day would be a great thing. I'm not going to ask you for two hours a day, you know, a 30 minutes session, 30 minutes a day would be great. And let me help you with that. You come home from school, sit down at the piano, give me 15 minutes of practice, then get away from it. Do your chores for mom and dad, do your homework, eat dinner, watch some TV. Before you go to bed, sit down and give me that other 15 minutes. When you start to break your practice into different segments like that, you start to, in the long run, you get more accomplished. So growing up, I was, um, dad had given mom the information, set Robbie at the piano, set the timer on the stove. Robbie, you don't move till you hear that buzzer. So I don't know, the last 10 minutes, you all of my practice time as a kid, I was just, I was doing my time. I was just waiting to hear that buzzer go off. So I wasn't getting anything accomplished. So you start splitting your practice session up into smaller increments. You're going to start to see in the long run, that you're getting more accomplished and you're getting more out of those practice sessions. Number four, remember that practicing is not just about playing through your music. We, we've already talked about this. There, there are three, three ways that I practice. I'm, I'm working on a current set list songs that I'm currently playing when I go out and minister or, or do a concert. I'm working on songs that I'm maybe six months away from staging in concert, but you know what? I want to go ahead and be working them and, and, and preparing those. And then I go through and review older material. So if I'm sitting down one day and I'm working on something current and I'm struggling with it, 
I might take a break and go play something that I have already um, had and, 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 and supposedly have down. But it's just a way of setting my mind to, to feel like I'm accomplishing something and I'm not just sitting there kind of spinning my wheels. So there, there is a definite approach and uh, strategy to how I practice in my practice session. So I'm working current things, I'm working new things, and I'm working old things. Number five, repetition is the key. You hear it all the time, going over and over and over a section. My dad did a couple things with me as I would be playing through a song. If I would make a mistake, he would stop. He'd stop me and say, okay, play that measure, play that section, play that passage. And I would go and start that again and get to the end. He'd be like, okay, go back and do it again. I would do it. Okay, go back and do it again. Man, we went through this one season where um, if I made a mistake, n- not only did I have to isolate and go back and fix that section, but he he made me go all the way to the beginning of the song. So I'm working on a five and a half minute uh, piece that I'm doing for a piano competition. And I literally get to the second to last note and made a mistake. Guess what? He made me go all the way back to the beginning and start over. So there's different things that you can do. Repetition is key, going over and over and over. In order to break a habit, sometimes you need to do something the correct way a um, hundred times, just going over and over. Remember when the teacher, well, at least me, would make you come up and write a hundred times on the chalkboard? That was trying to drive the point home. Number six, make sure your practice room is set up and effective for practicing. If you're a songwriter, uh, get to a happy place. You know what? Let's just say this in general. Your practice room should be a happy place for you. I've said this for years and years and years. And about a year ago, I had a, a, a revelation in this happy place. Your practice room should be set up where it's conducive to you to practice. Remove distractions. There are times that I will um, leave my phone out of the practice session There are times I definitely make sure the TV is off in the background. Um, Different things that I do to remove those distractions so I can make effective use of my time. So um, your happy place. Here's the thing. About a year ago, I realized, you know, as I go to practice, um, I would enjoy the the session. And I called it kind of, again, my happy place. And then it hit me. Your happy place should be wherever you are doing what you do that makes you happy. You know, I believe this way. We shouldn't endure our practice. We should enjoy it. If you truly are um, struggling to spend time perfecting your craft, maybe maybe you need to do something else. We'll just we'll just be real obvious and blunt about it. So number six, make sure your practice room set up and effective for practicing. Number seven, warm up mindfully. Make sure you can always start your practice with warm-up. If your mind is not on what you're doing, don't just, again, buy your time or, or pay your dues. If you're not mindfully warming up, you're wasting that time warming up. I do like uh, my pianist to do scales and finger exercises to get warmed up. A lot of times when I go out, I'll sit down at the piano at the church or the auditorium and I'll run through some finger exercises and some things just to get the blood flowing and to get my fingers warmed up. Number eight. Record yourself. There is no better way to practice performing under pressure than to record yourself. Hit that record button and watch how nervous you get the first time you do this. A couple things are good here. It's going to help you dealing with the pressure of performing your, your music. 
Second thing it's going to do, it is going to allow you to replay it and critique yourself. Record your session, listen back, listen to those areas and say, you know what? I definitely need to improve here. I need to improve there. Um, by recording your practice sessions, audio or video, video is really good too, because n not just audio, and we can all pretty much do audio on our phones. These Well, you can do video on your phone as well. But the video allows you at times to see maybe what your audience is seeing. Audio allows you to hear what your audience is hearing. Video allows you to see what your audience is seeing. And it's really, really important. Number nine, remember that practicing isn't just about playing your instrument. Man, I have been so guilty of this. I've got into a practice session and start doing something. And I'm like, you know what? I heard, I heard that song on the radio this morning. I wonder, I wonder if I can figure that out. And, and, you know, you, you kind of totally rabbit trail. You need to practice your instrument, but you must also practice the artistry that goes with it. And you must engage with your mind. You must connect with the thoughts going on in your mind. That means that practice also involves listening to great artists perform their music and analyze what they're doing. So practice isn't just about you sitting down. And this is, again, where you can practice away from your instrument. Listen to other artists. Man, my dad was really big on pushing me to be versatile with, with what I listened to. Um, he wanted me to get out of the box. Sometimes I got a little too far out of the box and he would have to pull me back in. But listen to other genres, listen to other musicians, listen to other things, analyze what they're doing. I mean, one of the coolest memories I have, a couple days before my dad passed away in the hospital, he said, Robbie, he said, get that YouTube up on your phone like it was my invention, like I owned YouTube. He said, do me a favor. He said, uh, pull up uh, Roger Williams. He told me the album. He told me the song to go to. And he's like, oh, it was playing through. And he's like, okay, listen. Listen to what he does coming out of this verse. And he's like, okay, now stop that. And he started to begin to tell me, here's how you can use that. Here's how you can utilize that. Um, man, my dad had an extensive uh, album collection. And there are so many different things there. Um, that he would pull from when we were doing something specific. There's been times as a, as a recording producer, I've maybe been working on music that wasn't necessarily my thing. You know what? I'll spend some time listening to that genre of music to get arranging ideas, to get um, uh, direction as to how to take that project for the artist. Number 10, practice something every day. You know, I've not said you got to practice 30 minutes. You got to practice an hour. You got to practice two hours. There are different, different times for me. I try to average an hour to two hours a day with everything that I'm doing. It's pretty amazing if I can pull that off. There are other days that I practice more than that. So I'm not saying it's about time. It's not necessarily about quantity of time. It's about your quality of time. Practice something every single day. You start to go down this list of things that we talked here, and I promise you, you're going to start to see a difference in your music because of a difference in your practice schedule. But the main thing is this. Recapping two things that we've already talked about. Number one, it's not a have to practice. Be excited about it. Mindset, I get to practice. The second thing that I want to go back over is we shouldn't you all endure 
what we do. We should enjoy what we do. If you love your music and there's a call on your life with your music, you know what? It should, you don't endure it. You enjoy it. So hope these tips can help you get a more effect, effective practice schedule going. And until next time, remember today is going to be what? The best day yet. Be blessed. Thanks for listening to the Charles Novell School of Music podcast, The Best Day Yet. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the name The Charles Novell School of Music. And for more information on CNS and our upcoming events, like our online school, our weekend regional sessions, our creative coaching, and our pastor's retreat, you can visit us at our website at www. .cnsmusic.com As you've listened to this episode, we hope that you've gained some information that you can apply to your music and to your ministry to make today the best day yet.